Oh yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and uh, screaming. Think it'll scare the kids? The kids? This little appearance nightmares. Clever girl. Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. This episode is episode one of the inaugural Jurassic June, a whole month of this podcast dedicated to the cinematic treasure, the Jurassic Park franchise. Spare no expense on this one. Today, I'm excited to bring on my first guest of the first Jurassic June. He's a filmmaker and a cinematographer, best known for his work with Captain Sassy Media, my friend, Jason Segritz. How are you doing today? Hey, Austin. Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. How are you? I am excited because it's always a good day when you're talking about Jurassic Park. There's always a sense of like excitement in the air when a new Jurassic Park movie is coming oh, out. So yep. that's how I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I work for a certain retailer and they've got jurassic park up everywhere they're ready to go so every day i walk in i'm like yep here it comes <laughs> I, feel I, I get i get this way with with certain horror franchises with um marvel and star wars but it's like a special type of thing when it's jurassic park yep i mean we've been feeling it like obviously yeah. you got me here super fans like we've been feeling it since <laughs> the 90s <laughs> exactly since the 90s before we get like into it into it i have to ask Absolutely. what's your favorite dinosaur oh it's t-rex but i mean like yes. you you can't you can't underestimate a velociraptor no you, no. Get, you get three every time but mm -hmm. it's it's always going to be t-rex so yeah that air five hundred percent right to you yeah <laughs> agreed i what about um, you oh you know it it's rexy baby <laughs> oh yeah she's just she is a t-rex when you think about her like, like the perfect and i don't know all right we're about to go and do like a deep dive philosophical question, kind of. Perfect. Is Rexy just the T-Rex or because we were raised with Jurassic Park, that is our ver our mental image of what a T-Rex should be? I think that Stan nailed it. And yeah. it was like so up to date on the science and the, the stop motion and, and everything that went into it. It just felt like the first real one. So <laughs> that's a tough question. Like I, I remember watching dinosaur movies before that and they were just goofy lizards. And then like Land Before Time came out and that might've been what kind of started it for me where I was like, okay, this thing is, is moving fast. This thing's scary. It doesn't look like a stop motion, silly lizard. Right. But yeah, I think, I think though, when Rexy came out, it's probably our time, but still like if you were to Google T-Rex, I feel like she's the first one. Yeah. Like I think pick. you'd be right. Cause that's a couple years before walking with dinosaurs. Yep. And that was like a huge documentary when it came out and Apple has that new prehistoric planet. And my mind is just like, oh, it's another walking with dinosaurs. I have no clue if it has anything to do with it. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, walking with dinosaurs. <laughs> yep. I mean, you can't say prehistoric and not think immediately it's dinosaurs. It's like, I don't even, cavemen, what? It's dinosaurs. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm on that. It's walking with dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still excited to watch it. I mean. Oh, yeah. 
I think it's on Apple TV. They were smart to release it like around the same time as Jurassic World. <laughs> it's always funny to see that marketing from like all angles, even if it's not directly attributed to it. It's just everywhere. I, I think it's smart because right now the public wants dinosaurs. And oh, yeah, I think back. we are back. And and you'll see it like I feel like sometimes slasher movies will come out in like little pockets. The last yep. one being like Scream comes out and then we get Texas Chainsaw right after. They knew it. We were joking <laughs> about that last week. Uh, thinking about well, like Nightmare right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously DeAndre keeps up on all the news, but like they're releasing coffees. They're releasing the TV show again. You know, like Warder's fighting for all these rights. I'm like, when's the movie coming? Like, it's just, it's right there, you know? That That is going to be something I'm looking forward to talking about, Freddy. That's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about a long episode. That's that's a long <laughs> form. That might be a whole month of just talking I, to Deandra about Freddy. I am 100% okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pivot just a little bit. I introduced you, you're a cinematographer, a filmmaker. Can you kind of tell everyone who listening, who's listening a bit more about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I live in Ohio. And as, as far as like how it attributes to the, the cinematography and, and, and filmmaking is DeAndre and I just decided uh, one day we were on vacation. We're like, we're bored. We should make videos. We've both done that. So, you know, like from, from that lens, we both had these skills and we started developing it, but I've done video and photography and, and, and filmmaking for a really long time, just never on like a professional level. It was always just this fun hobby. So I've been behind some form of video camera for like 20 plus years. I'm going to date myself really quick. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's always been something that I was really interested in. Um, And then, you know, like I got raised kind of uniquely. My dad worked for the Air Force, so we lived overseas. So I did like all this, this cool traveling. Like I've, I've done all these neat things. And that obviously why I'll get into it about Jurassic Park. But I, I think that's what kind of drew me to all of these these things with cinematography is like telling stories because I have so many fun stories that I want to tell, you know? Yeah. So that was the weirdest answer for tell me about who you are. But uh, <laughs> now you totally know. <laughs> that's awesome, though. I love that. This is a horror podcast. And even though this month is dedicated to Jurassic Park, I do want to carve a little bit of time just for the general larger horror picture. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming you would consider yourself a horror fan. <laughs> you know, yes, yes. And I didn't realize it until recently because <laughs> uh, I don't like uh, maybe like the the torture porn stuff very much. There, there's just like certain parts of that genre I don't like. But yeah, I've totally started to become one. And, and realize that I had been. Well, I, I actually really like that answer because I I have a theory. I'm going to lay it down. It's a chaos theory. No, it's not. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but too soon. Um, too soon. <laughs> but I uh, think that horror is a very broad and diverse genre to the point where it's almost hard to define. Yeah. Because I guarantee you, you ask 10 different people what horror is, you're going to get eight different answers. And the reason why I say eight and not 10 is because I feel like two, at least two people will say, oh, it's just scary movies. Like yeah. just miss them entirely as just, oh, it's just scary movies. But it's more of like a feeling or something yeah. than a genre. Yeah, I like For where s- you're going with this. Yeah, 
but like horror everyone knows what a horror is but everyone has like a different understanding yeah right to the point where i think if you look at genres like you do the scientific animal classifications like the kingdom genus phylum i don't remember it's been a while since i did (laughs) biology but like the classification of living organisms if you look at horror that way not horror film genres that way i think you'll find that like drama comedies and horror and action would be like the four core yeah because those are all designed to elicit broad ish emotions and then you use and then it starts to get more narrow narrow i think romance is kind of closer to that mm-hmm. but i don't think it's as big and it doesn't elicit as strong of an emotion as seeing a really cool action sequence or hearing a really funny joke right yeah but as you go like down the classification system horror is very broad so you get slashers you get psychological horror you get um, ghosts. I'm going to ask you something, and I and this ties into both Jurassic Park and this kind of like broader horror theory. Is Jurassic Park horror? Yeah, no doubt. Right? I 100% no percent agree. It's yeah, terrifying. I, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's terrifying. And and for a, a bunch of different reasons. There's that primal, yeah. oh shit, a dinosaur type of fear. But then there's also the broader intellectual like what can be unleashed with untampered genetic engineering mm-hmm. you know or the, even just uh, like the fear of another man like of another person right what they could do you know yeah there's tons yeah the fear of like i don't know because there's like jurassic park's very very complex in its themes and that has a lot to do with michael Crichton being an amazing author there at the same time a lot of people don't think Jurassic Park is horror. And Hmm. that's where kind of subjectivity kind of comes into place because whenever I, whenever I talk to people and and I ask them that question, when I ask them why they don't think Jurassic Park horror is horror, they're like, it's not scary. Scary can mean a bunch of different things. (laughs) It is subjective. Yeah. (laughs) Cause like, no, I don't have nightmares of velociraptors when I go to bed anymore. But if I was walking down the street, and I see a velociraptor in the alley, my pants are going to be a different shade of brown, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> what scares people is always different, right? Like Jason doesn't scare, yeah. uh, Jason Voorhees doesn't scare me. Like Chucky doesn't scare me. By that logic, Friday the 13th and Child's Play wouldn't be horror, but they are most definitely horror. <laughs> I like turning that argument on its end. I like that. Throw it back. Is right. <laughs> that's true. It's true. It just because it doesn't scare me doesn't mean it's not scary or horror. The thing with Jurassic Park is Jurassic Park is also a bunch of other genres, too, where if yep. someone's like, I think it's a science fiction film, it 100 percent is a science fiction film. <laughs> like, I'm not arguing it isn't, but I a lot of films can be multiple things. Film genre theory is so like interesting to me especially seeing films like jurassic park because it's an adventure movie it's a lot of things i think it depends on what your gut not gut reaction but like the first sequence or scene you think of when you think of jurassic park i think a lot of people think of the brachiosaur scene the welcome to jurassic park bit they do and when they think of that first then i get it 
I think of the T-Rex breakout and that's a horror scene. <laughs> yeah. I've thought about that one, uh, but like, I'll never get over the, the opening. I distinctly yeah. remember, like I, I lived overseas. So my dad goes to the States, comes back and he's got this movie. He knows I like dinosaurs. It definitely wasn't legit because somebody stands up and walks out of the movie theater in the middle of it. You know, so somebody was like bootleg <laughs> recording this thing, but it, and like it's grainy. And since watching this movie on every format imaginable, I finally know what happens in that scene. But it was just so scary. Mm-hmm. Like as a kid, when that guy lifts up and he touches the top of the cage, you're like, nope, done. Absolutely yeah. done. Yeah, that that scene stuck with me, even though we we, we all know Rexy and that and that scene is so quintessential. But that raptor scene always gets me. And it's like, that's how the film starts. Each Jurassic Park movie starts, with the exception of Jurassic World, each one starts with like a horror scene. How good they are kind of depends on the film, but they do start with (laughs) (laughs) We don't talk about Jurassic Park 3. (laughs) (laughs) And while I think the Jurassic World movies have embraced action a bit more, Mm -hmm. I do think they still keep the horror elements close to the heart. I watch, I rewatched Jurassic World the other day, not for preparation for the new movie or for the podcast or anything, but I was at my grandma's house and it was on. And then I sat down, dropped everything I was doing, and I just watched the whole thing with my grandma. As one does. <laughs> and I've I've forgotten, like, there's some pretty gnarly horror scenes in Jurassic World. How well do you remember Jurassic World? Well. But, you know, like, yeah, I, I'm sitting here. So I was silent for a second. I'm not uh, apparently I'm off my podcast game is I'm, <laughs> I'm racking my brain. I'm like, OK, which one? Which one's Austin going to say? What's your scene? What's this? The scariest one in that in Jurassic World? Yeah, um, I don't know. For me, it's the kind of like the aliens scene when the when the Indominus Rex is camouflaged and they send the um acid containment units without lethal weapons and they get murdered <laughs> yep. by the indominus rex and you see like the this is why i call it the aliens scene you see like their heart rates being like, yeah. like just you can see them dying and i'm like yep that's intense and you get some of the like pov of it and it's just yeah it's wild people like a few weekends ago people were up in arms on twitter arguing about dr strange pushing the limits of pg-13 and i'm like how quickly we forget jurassic world (laughs) yeah yeah i mean there's that scene is is absolutely bloody but like any of the movies people keep getting halved (laughs) like (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) or or that the the kill scene of the the babysitter yeah in Jurassic World that was uncharacteristically gruesome like that's it the was, only part of the movie where I'm like why it was mean very mean in a different movie it would have been my favorite part yeah <laughs> because it's gnarly and awesome but it's so mean-spirited yeah in an otherwise warm franchise everybody that has some sort of death even in that movie always earns it right. and like she was just like, oh, I'm annoyed by kids. So <laughs> it's time for me to die. Like she didn't do anything wrong. Right. And 
and another thing is like that's not her job she gets paid a lot of money to right. assist in the biggest theme park and the world like assist the director of that park essentially like she has a legitimate high stress job and she's being used as a babysitter yeah i that's even what i called her and she's probably like yeah the third highest person at that park or something. You know? Exactly. Like she is she way too qualified. She is way too qualified to be on babysitter work, being paid way too much money to be doing babysitter work. And then she gets yep. offed. I kind of love it. The, <laughs> the messed up person in me kind of loves it. I just wish it went to a character to, that deserved it. Yeah. Because she did not need that. No, she's been fighting her whole career to get there. You know? Exactly. <laughs> she just and went it's... in and it was a Tuesday and now she's inside of a giant dinosaur. Right. And she's getting like picked up by the Terra uh, Pteranodons and just like, oh, it's very violent and very yeah, mean you watch spirited. it by itself. Because it's just on YouTube, just yeah. that like a minute and a half. And you're like, oh, <laughs> this is terrible. I mean, it's gnarly. I'll give it that. <laughs> yeah. But it does make you feel like, did the director hate this actress? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, right. Like, I, I don't think that's the case. I really don't. But nope. like, why? I, I don't know. I don't know I what the of, thought process was. <laughs> I just thought of one thing. Maybe that's just supposed to, and this is terrible, but maybe it's supposed to, to go towards the character growth of Bryce Dallas Howard's character. Because she totally takes advantage of her assistant to watch right. the kids. And had she not done that, her assistant would still be alive. You know, and maybe that's part of what turns her in the next movie and makes her so against how she used to be. But that's a, that's a sad way to develop your character. I also think you're doing more work than they did. <laughs> oh, yep. You got me. <laughs> um, and, and that sort of thing. In that sort of realm. I, I do like Jurassic World. I think it's a good movie. I mm -hmm. do have some issues with it. That being one of them. Because Hoskins, played by Vincent D'Onofrio, I hate that character. I think that's such a bad villain. Who's played it, great. It was crammed in there. Um, the actor is great. Yeah. Played by a lesser actor. Um, I shouldn't say lesser actor. But played by a different actor. Could have ruined the whole movie. Because I don't think that's a well-written character. No, it's really surface level. It's right. a very cliche, like, you know, the, the corporate man going to come in and it, like, yeah, it's just, mm -mm. it's a weak. It's like right. everything, like the lack of depth to his literal dialogue. I don't like anything about that character other than the fact that Vincent D'Onofrio is giving, like, he's cheesing it up. And I'm like, I appreciate your performance of this character. Yeah, I bring him up because he gets bit in the hand by um, one of the velociraptors and killed by an off-screen blood splatter. And that's a lot of PG-13 right there. <laughs> and he deserves the most violent death. He does. Because he, he does. enables the violence and outright, outright like causes a lot of people to die with his stupid send the raptors after the Indominus plan. And I, I thought, too, when we were talking about the assistant's death, like who it could have been reserved for. And you could almost see it being rewritten where, you know, he needs a different different death, maybe a raptor death to come full circle. But they maybe had that one planned 
for the villain. But you're right. It almost deserved uh, a death like the mercenary from Jurassic 3. Um, um, you know, where uh, like, Udesky? They, yeah, Udesky. Udesky? Yeah. He, like, <laughs> yeah, I love, <laughs> I got that forever in my head when he answers that satellite phone, but apparently not in that moment. But like, where the raptors purposely paralyze him, you know, and he's just suffering. Oh, like, and he's being used as bait. Right. Right. Yeah. Where was, did Jurassic Park 3 just have more depth than something? <laughs> you know, like that right. one, that's what Vincent deserved, you know. Something drawn right. out as yeah, something satisfying for the audience because he earned it, you know? Yeah. But I feel like other characters who don't earn it get cooler deaths. Because like I said earlier, that whole sequence with the Indominus Rex and the asset containment unit, like all of those are much gnarlier. Yeah. Like there's a really cool shot where the Indominus picks one of them up and like chomping on it, it chomping on this person in the air and the and like the camera follows the motion up but it gets obscured by branches and then blood kind of yeah. trickles down i'm like i know this is a pg-13 movie but that was gnarly yeah, there's some insinuation there. <laughs> they're saying something and i like i think that seems very well done the film is pretty violent for pg no I'm going to refer. I think that film is the standard of PG-13 violence because yeah. I think it cuts away enough to where it's nowhere near R. I don't think it pushes the limit. I think it's you look at that film to know where you can go with PG-13 violence. I'd say even the series has kind of towed that line as best as they could. Yeah. You know, like in in the first one, it's just kind of a lack of blood, maybe for some of the kills. And, it's also and even a, in like, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, it's also a slower movie. So it yeah. doesn't have as much action or horror sequences as the other ones, because that the first movie takes its time to kind of build the wonder. It's true. And um, establish the world. So that first one doesn't have as many sequences, but they do hit hard. <laughs> they do. I mean, you know, you think about like some of the novelizations or comics or like even just fan art of Nidri's death or even like how it reads in the book. It's intense. I mean, it, that, yeah. you know, that's that horror element. I watched a video on YouTube once James Cameron and Steven Spielberg were talking about Jurassic World. Uh, no, Jurassic Park. And James Cameron almost directed like he was in the running. But as much as I love James Cameron. I don't think that's the right fit. No. But it's funny because he said that exact same thing. He said, my Jurassic Park would have been much more violent and much scarier, but I'm glad you got it because I think you recognize that essentially kids will be seeing this movie. Mm -hmm. It's got to be a movie for everyone. And I don't think Jurassic Park's a kid's movie, but it's one where, yeah, a kid could watch it. I don't think a kid could watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre no. or mm. Saw. But Jurassic Park, yeah. <laughs> it leaves a lot to the imagination. And that's kind of like, seems to be that line is like, where you have to start imagining what happened rather than just straight up seeing it. Exactly. Yeah. And the and like the um, themes aren't as grisly. Because like the first Texas Chainsaw leaves a lot to the imagination. But you don't want your kid watching a 
<laughs> a movie about cannibals living no. <laughs> living in the rural areas of Texas. Like that's a bit too much for a kid to know about. But whereas Jurassic Park, it's like, I think it's important for kids to kind of start learning about us as a society, our relationship with nature. That's an interesting point of view. Is it, you know, as a kid, maybe you grow up around pets or you see things on kids TV and animals are all nice and they have names and some of them talk. And then at, you know, at Jurassic Park, you're like, oh, and some of them definitely eat you. Right. And like <laughs> nature's scary, too. Right. And Jurassic Park has both elements in the one film because like, oh, you could pet the Brachiosaur and the Triceratops. Don't fuck with the Velociraptors. <laughs> <laughs> Even Nedry knew that. Even Nedry knew not to mess with the raptors. Right? I'm I'm so excited with how many quotes we're gonna jam into this single episode. I'm ready. <laughs> you could do a follow up on Fast and the Furious though, and uh, I'd embarrass myself. Yeah. A little while back, I think maybe two or three years ago, there was this kind of ironic movement which I supported unironically, and it was to for Universal to combine the Fast and Furious franchise with yes. the Jurassic World franchise. I followed that. I, I'm 100% in. I tweeted ideas. I was ready. I mean, like, they had me. <laughs> yeah. I want to see that. I want to, because that would be amazing. Take some risks, you know? Right. Like, they just gave Zack Snyder all that money to redo Justice League. Take some risks. It doesn't have to be canon. Like, it really combine doesn't. Them. Alien versus Predator was great. Yeah. Who knew they um, were in the same universe or needed to fight? Oh, like, we got Freddy versus Jason. When you see it on screen, it just makes sense. Yep. Vin Diesel fighting dinosaurs has always made sense. I just didn't know it. <laughs> exactly. And I'm just saying, since day one, Rexy has been chasing cars. You've got me. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> uh, she's she's a fan of tires, you know. So. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. Tasty treat arguably rubbery goodness arguably a gearhead she she is a car <laughs> fan so you know what that'll be the irony that's how it ends rexy joins the family she was always in the family yeah she's gonna test to see if <laughs> the crew's cars are built for tough you will know if they're built for tough <laughs> <laughs> they go through the rexy test and yeah you know, i i just have to say that made my day I completely <laughs> forgot about all those memes and all that news. And that's just so good. Uh, you know exactly what I'm going to go look up after this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just like, listen, Jurassic Park. It's my favorite franchise of all time. It's not yeah. a prestige franchise. It's just no. not. They make a bunch of money because they're fun dinosaur movies. Big dumb fun. Exactly. There's a little bit of smart ideas in each one. Mm -hmm. But with the exception of the first movie. It's big, dumb fun. I yeah. think a large part of it is due to kind of straying away from Michael Crichton as the series go on. And unfortunately, Michael Crichton passed away a few years ago. So I think before Jurassic World was even being made. So there's no way these current movies could involve him. Right. But it's not like Jurassic Park is going to lose any credibility as a franchise. Right. If it, if it did, it did in 97. Yeah. When With we just one of my favorite movies. Godzilla movies. <laughs> I love, I love the second one, but that's exactly what it was. It was just a Godzilla exactly. movie. And I love Steven Spielberg. I will literally kiss the walk 
the I will literally kiss the ground he walks on if given the chance. But Lost World has like a plot hole the size of a semi truck. Well, what do you think? How do you explain it to yourself? Because we love these movies enough. Yeah. To explain why that's dumb. What's your theory? When I was little, I used to say, well, I think Velociraptors got on. And then interesting. either Rexy, um, not Rexy, because it's not Rexy, either the um, the Buck Tyrannosaur ate them or they just eated themselves off of the boat before getting mm-hmm. to San Diego. Yeah, San Diego. Yeah. What I would say now is part of me wants to come up with like the craziest bonkers like cityist explanation and the other part wants to actually rationalize it but i do think it would it'd be cool to imagine um the pteranodons mm-hmm. attacking the ship off screen and and they prove to be right later on you know because we could talk about the pothole at the beginning of three two it could have been anything <laughs> right right i thought that a lot you know because i was always trying to to figure it out i'm like rexy couldn't or no, it was the, it, it was the bull dinosaur. Uh, couldn't right. put that giant head in that doorway, right? And and you remember that hand that's severed has a hold of that control. So the only thing I was thinking is that maybe that T-Rex was running around the top of the boat and that person was waiting for the T-Rex to go in, you know, and it was like standing outside of the doorway, still holding that, got chomped mm-hmm. off, you know, and that arm swung in. But the, the one I really love, and this is totally fake. There's no way. <laughs> but uh, that it, it's Nick Van Owen because he disappeared, <laughs> right? He disappeared. And what was his job the whole time was to sabotage right. engine. Like, that's actually why he got hired, not because he's a photographer. That just happened to help. But, like, he even self-proclaims that he does that stuff. And that was one of the things that I, I thought of is, like, he could have even been hiding out on the ship and let the wrecks out and caused that whole thing and you know like it could have been anything could have been anything because he's obviously connected when you said nick van owen i thought you said no i thought you meant that he literally murdered the people maybe (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he's he's got a machete he's chopping arms (laughs) i mean um i don't know if you've seen freaky but Vince Vaughn yes. plays a really good uh, mass murderer, so I can I, definitely see it. I have seen that. <laughs> I I love a good dark, uh, dark comedy horror. So oh, me yeah, too. That one's hilarious. I always try and guess before recording each episode what what other horror movie or just topic in general will come up naturally, and so far it's been. Because of who I am as a person, Jurassic Park, which obviously doesn't count for this one. Scream, which I think I mentioned either earlier in this episode or before we started recording. I don't want to say the third one because then it won't come true, but I'm going to say it anyway. So the third one generally is Jaws. It, it was going to come up. It's been in my head. <laughs> oh, so perfect. Yeah, perfect. I'm not changing the trajectory. This was always no. going to happen. And part of it is because Jurassic Park and Jaws are very related in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So there, if I bring up one, I'm generally bringing up the other. I agree. They, uh, they are hand yeah. in hand for me, too. And they're both brilliant. And yep. um, side, side, side tangent. Um, 
when people say Jurassic Park isn't horror, I like to kind of like talk and debate like in a fun way. Right. I don't get mad because yeah. like whatever. Uh, there, Jurassic Park's a lot of different things. It's it is horror. But if you don't see it that way, you don't see it that way. It's it's, you know, tomato, tomato. Right. Mm hmm. There are people in this world that say Jaws isn't horror. And that legitimately gets my blood boiling. What else is it? The only argument, the only argument I heard is, well, Jaws is more of a thriller. And I'm like, thriller is just diet horror. Yeah. Jaws is bona fide horror to the point where it scared an entire generation from swimming. Swimsuit sales were down for decades. <laughs> yeah. They really were. <laughs> it just boggles my mind because Jaws is like, first off, the 70s were just amazing for horror. You get The Exorcist, you get Alien, you get Halloween and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Dawn of the Dead and The Omen, and you get Jaws. Like It was popular because of this. I mean, like that was that, was that escapism that was starting to happen that the 80s right. became. And oh yeah, the seventies come come out with like the masterpieces, but the seventies walked so the eighties can run. Cause the eighties oh. were glorious to the point where even some of the dumber, really bad films are very memorable. I don't think yeah. the bad horror films of the seventies are that memorable. No, they didn't but have the 80s, it out yet. But the eighties, they're very memorable. I don't know. I only see the argument argument that like well jaws is more of a thriller it's like i you know what sometimes i'll indulge it maybe the second half has thriller elements a shark eats a kid in broad daylight with a fountain of fucking blood spraying out <laughs> and that's not horror <laughs> like and continues to eat people yeah and there's nothing you can do about it that if you were to just say out loud a monster keeps murdering people and they die and no one can stop it that's a third of the horror movies out there you know <laughs> like it's, yeah what are you talking about it's definitely horror i agree with you i just think some people out there they just have a very narrow mind of what horror is mm -hmm. i think they just think of horror as slashers and ghosts monsters are the horror genre yeah like I mean, that's they came first. They came first. Universal monsters. Mm-hmm. So talking about Jaws. a lot of Universal today. I love this. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, Jurassic Park is like the flagship franchise. Oh, I that's think that might be fast. I, yeah, yeah. I was about to say. I, no, I think that's fast. And they might be hand in hand. Yeah, I think Fast. What was it? Fast Seven made just the ungodly amount, but they they're all yeah. like pushing close to a billion. But basically, right. You know, the what three or four of the Jurassic series have, have pushed into the top 50 or so, at least one and two. Um, I think and then Jurassic I th and Fallen Kingdom made a billion. I know Fallen Kingdom yeah. made a shit ton of and Dominion's going to make a lot of money. Oh, it's going to crush. Oh, yeah. I'm going to help. <laughs> Me too. A lot. Like too I already times. got I already got my tickets. <laughs> we bought them last night. Yes. I realized I was like super late. You know, I need that I'm email. Uh, I'm glad you got your ticket. Uh, did you get it for Thursday night? Uh, I don't know. I got to ask her. <laughs> if, <laughs> if not, then yeah. Yeah, I'm going to buy another set. I, I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I got them like the day they released because I was not playing around and I got center of the theater because I love the center, especially for event oh, yeah. movies. 
if they're like sold out and people are kind of like loud and cheering, I love that. Yep. And sometimes, sometimes people will ask me, it's like, don't you get annoyed if it gets too loud? And I'm like, honestly, first off, I'm going to see this movie the next day. Like <laughs> it ain't that big of a deal. I'm going to see this film multiple times, even if I don't like it. Yeah. I just am. But you can't recreate that first experience. No, you're right about the event movie things. I think about like 2015, mm -hmm. we had World, we had a new Star Wars, we had Mad Max. Like I remember yeah. going seeing all of those and they were all events and that it changed it. You know, it didn't feel as impactful later, but then it, you can also get the opposite. I saw men last night and there was like four people in the theater and you can like hear somebody like shuffling around with their jacket or like popcorn and, like, and you're completely out of it, which is so ironic. Right. You're just like that person in the front of the theater is breathing too loud. You feel like and it's, it's somebody like, what? like a stranger's at your house watching when it's that small. You're right. Like, what are you doing here? You are a filmmaker just like myself. Yes. Well, let's talk about stop. <laughs> no, I liked that movie. <laughs> Thank you. I I can't take a compliment sometimes because now I feel like so good. But I don't know what to say. <laughs> so thank you. I really, I I've really been told do to do that. I've been told to say thank you. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but um, someone of a completely different caliber. Um, but uh, Jurassic Park, Steven Spielberg. Let's talk about the direction of mm -hmm. the franchise, filmmaking wise. Jurassic Park, I think, is one of the weirdest movies because i think blocking wise and like well cinematography dean cundy does this and i'm pretty sure he's my favorite cinematographer because he does like all my favorite movies right halloween the thing back to the future jurassic park i was watching disney plus the other day i was watching the um the making of book of boba fett because i'm a huge star wars fan and boba fett's my favorite character so it's like and I'm I'm there to watch like my boy Robert Rodriguez say some stuff. I love Robert right. Rodriguez, and Dean Cundy's being interviewed, and I'm like, he worked on the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> I was so surprised. I was right? not expecting him to show up. So, but anyways, I think Jurassic Park. Everyone talks about like the visual effects as they should. Right. Completely changed the industry, and Stan Winston is a legend. But that film is shot really well. It I, is. I think it's beautiful. And to to shoot that way and to put in those animals with with no reference points, how they did it. Um, I've watched a lot on how they've done it in every every making. And the it's just the amount of thought, you know, to like create the dinosaurs three different ways um, to plan out all these shots and not know what it's going to look like having filmed all that. You're right. It, it's. It's an absolutely beautiful film. And I think that's part of what has stuck with us, you know, so much and then what we've kind of lost in other ones. I want to give a lot of credit to Dean Cundy for that. And obviously Steven Spielberg, but Jurassic Park is still film um, informing our visual language. Like when I go see a movie, I see Jurassic Park shots, you know? Yeah. And that could just be Steven Spielberg being Steven Spielberg, but like, the t-rex eye in the window you see that everywhere yeah obviously like the t-rex in the rear view mirror but spielberg has always done that since like duel <laughs> but that's arguably like the best use of that shot 
Oh, yeah. And I, I loved that he would always put the fantastical in the uh, like mundane. Like that was yeah. <laughs> that was I heard that reference at one point. Like that was always his reason to do that was to take his extreme thing that has no reason to be here and put it into something that we're used to seeing every day. Yeah, that with that mirror forever, you know, like we all everybody still jokes about it because it still says it on yeah. half those mirrors out there. You know, we're like, <laughs> as soon as you read it, you think of a T-Rex. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whenever I look at my blind spots and I see like a pickup truck or something, I think in my head must go faster because of that sequence. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, nope, I don't need to be going faster. I'm going fast enough. <laughs> Such a that, that scene, too. And um, I just watched the thing about Goldblum talking about how they encouraged him to say that line in Independence Day. You know, so like only a couple of years later and like literally right. like the same time frame as Lost World, they encouraged him to say that. I just like even even just the lines are, are that much that they can get away with it. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, oh, that's so crazy to me that they because that's really recent. Everyone's going to be like that would take me out of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, was that a Jurassic Park reference? By the person who said it in Jurassic Park. Being chased like, by something like all of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the most recent Candyman movie? Yes. I like that movie a lot, but in that initial, in the first kill where he kills like the art director and his mm -hmm. girlfriend, our intern, are both, it was kind of weird. They were about to do the nasty, but then they say Candyman because they're dummies and they get killed. But when the guy's like running away, he's belted onto her or something. And he's saying to himself, must go faster. And that took yeah. me out of the movie. It did me too. Yeah. And at first I was like, was that a Jurassic Park reference in my Candyman movie? And then he did it again. He says it twice. And I was like, that was a Jurassic Park reference. And normally I get excited when Jurassic Park is referenced. I didn't, I don't think that's the place to do it though. <laughs> no, no. Especially, you know, like we are super fans, obviously, but that's, it's too big of a movie. It's, it's like putting an Avengers line in your movie nowadays. But you're right. And, I felt that even with Independence Day. Yeah. And like when Scream name drops Jurassic Park, they do it because the Mindy character is explaining requels. Yeah. And she's going like uh, Halloween, Saw, Jurassic Park, Star Wars. And I'm like, that's a good place to reference Jurassic Park. Yeah. It's part it's of your relevant. universe. Yeah. Yeah. It's relevant. Not, oh, I'm about to get got by Candyman. Time to reference Jurassic Park. Spared no expense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't say some of these lines. Right. And if you do, it has to make, it has to be natural, right? Like if your characters, I think there is a way, a time and place for a reference like that. It's not in your first kill. When the art director says it, it just comes off cheesy. And like, we're still yeah. establishing this brand new version of this icon. And then in the middle of them <laughs> establishing who they are and what they do, we get a must go faster. And it's just like, not the play, not, just, I like that movie. I do. I don't mean to Me rag too. on it for one little thing. I actually, I really liked it. But, I, I, oh, I thought it was beautifully shot. And I do appreciate a Jurassic Park reference in the larger film because Jurassic Park has 
like the greatest mirror shot of all time. Candyman is about mirrors. On a meta level, I get it. And I think it's very smart. Huh. Not in that place, though. I didn't literally, connect that. Literally any other place <laughs> put that line are a different Jurassic Park line. There's a beautiful shot when Candyman um, is in, he's getting the high schoolers and like one of them drops the, the makeup mirror and you're watching the violence through the makeup mirror. That's really cool. I think you can get a through line from the Jurassic Park shot to that shot. They're very similar um, from like a visual storytelling standpoint. Yeah, that's terror in a reflection. Like, well, you said it perfectly earlier. It's the extraordinary in the mundane. Hmm. Spiritually, I think that's like the next step from the Jurassic Park shot to that Candyman shot. That almost would have been a a better Easter egg. Yeah. Because the only people that are, you know, going to remember that as well are like the people that would know the shot too. Exactly. Exactly. And someone might recognize that shot from a similar movie you know like but i think i think jurassic park is like the iconic mirror shot like i know toy story 2 blatantly rips it off but that's also different because toy story 2's um animated comedy (laughs) right and it's and it's a fun like it works when it's for fun you know it's all Um, irony in in those yeah they're they're mocking pop culture so it's okay exactly and Rex is my favorite toy in the Toy Story universe. Right? Yeah. He I love Woody, too. but Rex is my favorite. Oh, I also love Slinky Dog. Slinky Dog <laughs> is so funny to me. <laughs> but Slinky, uh, yeah. Rex is great. <laughs> and you don't get too far from Jurassic Park because Toy Story, Jurassic Park, 90s films starring beloved Tyrannosaurus Rexes. I still see the connection, so I'll allow it. We can continue. (laughs) (laughs) I normally let people pick their topics. Obviously, I didn't do it this time because Jurassic June. I'm just going for other Jurassic Park fans. But normally I'm like, what's your favorite Ghostface movie? What's your favorite Michael Myers movie? I have a feeling I know what your favorite Jurassic Park movie is. Oh, yeah. I mean, you do. You do. Yeah, it's the first one by like, yeah, I, I, I always say by a million. Like if somebody says, what's your favorite movie? Jurassic Park by a million. Like, yeah, no doubt. Every other movie we could sit here. We could spend just as much time going on the flaws of those other movies. Um, I can't really find that many with the first one. It's, the only, I think it's perfect. I 100 percent agree because the only flaws I can think of are continuity errors. Yeah. And continuity errors aren't real flaws. No. They're making a giant, huge movie during a hurricane. Right. (laughs) It's going to happen. With brand new technology that hasn't been used. Like they invented technologies for this film. It's literally groundbreaking. And every movie has continuity errors. That's just how you make movies. It's part of the fun, I think. I, I, I love all the YouTube shows, like pointing out the little mistakes. They're so much fun. And yeah, it it's fun. Makes yeah. me feel better too when I do something blatant. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, that's not real criticism. Right. You know what I mean? Like you could you could point out a hundred continuity errors with Jurassic Park mm-hmm. and it's still a perfect movie. I it, that could even be part of its charm. Right. For me it is. 
some of it you can actually say is thematically relevant. All right. You know the scene where Nedry is stealing the embryos? Mm -hmm. On the different, when he opens up the cool little like, I don't know what they're called, but like the I, I want embryo one. holders. Yeah. I want one. Yeah. Oh, they would be so cool. I don't have a lot of embryos that I need you could, to keep in there, but like. You could, I mean, I think you could store pens. Yeah. Like red ink pens. Yeah. That'd be and a good then, place. I'm always losing pens. Me too. So <laughs> right now check I just that, use. <laughs> check my giant ecto cooler. That's what we're going <laughs> to I think that's too much Ghostbusters. I think ecto means ghost. I'm not good at this. It's, it's fine. No, you're doing great, but uh, it's fine. I don't know. Uh, cryo freezers, I think. Uh, yep. Chamber. You change. Thank you. Because cryo kind of. is like, I basically said freezy freezers when I said yeah. cryo freezers. That's, that's ATM machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, the cryo chambers, we'll call it that. They misspell Stegosaurus and Tyrannosaurus Rex. Which is just and hilarious. Especially when you misspell the star <laughs> of your film. <laughs> I try to forgive it because I'm like, some intern wasn't going to have Google for like no. a couple more years. They didn't have a smartphone. But like, they had a script. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, I don't but, know. Prank but them. you can Prank also defend. you can also defend it thematically because the whole point of the film is these scientists don't actually know what they're working with as yeah. ian malcolm says it so eloquently your scientists are so preoccupied with whether or not they uh, could they don't stop to think if they should maybe it's dinosaurs were nice but then you mix them with <laughs> frogs and they got mean well it's perfectly reasonable for to assume like the scientists were just going through and they didn't care if they had a typo because they don't actually care about what they're working with only with what they can achieve. They don't actually yep. know what they have. Like he says to didn't earn it. Yeah. You took what somebody else did and stood on the shoulders of geniuses. He says, you know, exactly. And that's one of my favorite scenes in any movie is that lunch scene. And it's just talking. I, I read something about that scene and I, I hope this is this is what we were thinking is even like John Hammond himself is so false in that scene with the chili and sea bass because <laughs> that's just like a fancy name for a really ugly fish with a weird name. But, you know, they they changed the name and all of a sudden it became this expensive thing, you know, and like he's even faking it like it's all just repackaged, you know, for for like a corporate -y thing, you know, right. And you nailed it on the head. I don't have a point to go with it because you just <laughs> got it in one go. And Oops. well, uh, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, there, there it is. There it is. <laughs> You're implying is. the dinosaurs may breed. No, <laughs> well, um, that's another that's uh, another great scene. But um, to tie it back to those typos in the embryo chamber, all it is is, like you said, an intern didn't know how to spell Tyrannosaurus, which is fine. It still is relevant to the theme of the movie. And you can yep. tie it back to that lunch scene. And it's like unintentional brilliance. Yeah. 
I'm not even stretching to make that thematic connection. I don't know if it was intentional, but I'm not doing more work. You know what I mean? Like the pieces are there. So that could have been like subconscious, like that intern turned out to be okay. That was too long of a pause and I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> I've, but, I've got it. I think, okay. I think I've got it. They are Dennis Nedry. <laughs> <laughs> like they're underpaid, <gasps> you know, they're, they're upset yeah. about it. So they're going to sabotage the park or they're going to sabotage the movie. They got because <laughs> every time. <laughs> because those are both names that appear in the shop. So yeah. it's got to be on purpose. See. It's sabotage. But it backfired because the it film was... went on to win three Oscars, <laughs> all the money in the world, and is still being talked about by uh, podcasters 30 years later. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> do you have a Jurassic Park hot take? I kind of do about what I think the new movie might be. Oh, do you want to go into our Jurassic I don't know. world? I, I just, it's up to you. I could, I could have a Jurassic Park hot take. Is that they really could have told me just a little bit more about what happened to Samuel L. Jackson. I liked the mystery of it, but mm -hmm. it just didn't quite make sense. I think... And you probably know this already. I think they wanted to film a death scene for him, mm -hmm. but the set got destroyed by a hurricane. Yep. So they just threw an arm on Laura Dern and called it a day. And it worked. It it's did work. scary. But I think as like a, a super fan that, you know, just like those scientists, I can like piece together the gaps in the story. That's just one that I'm just like, I want to know. And I know that they've like retold it and things that are not canon and everything but right i still just i wanted to see it because it's almost like his character deserved that because for that yeah. whole preceding scene he's so much so i feel like that could be my hot take the only other thing that's just hilarious to me is you know when when nidri's talking to his computer and it's obviously quick time <laughs> they obviously hit play on a video and i just think that's yeah. so funny that that's probably <laughs> I can't hate on it much and I don't have a lot of like controversials. What's yours though? Let me let me think for a second. This isn't a hot take. It's just like the th thing that it's not supposed to make me laugh, but it does every single time. For a film that aged so well, it's remarkably 90s. Yeah. I think the same way as Scream. Scream holds up beautifully. And that is also just the most 90s thing I've ever seen. But in Jurassic Park... It's when they're getting into the Ford Explorers for the first time and Lex and goes, oh, it's an interactive CD-ROM. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that throws me. And then, you know, she's also the one navigating the computer at the end. It's <laughs> a Unix system. It's I know. This. I know this. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like not. It's some yeah. interface that they created for the movie. Which made um, a lot of sense, honestly. But to uh, yeah. <laughs> not to take away from Lex because I like that moment for her, but that might be like the least thought out scene in the movie because yeah. Laura Dern is essentially sitting on the ground, not really helping from her position at the door. Doctor um, Alan Grant. I always refer to him as Doctor. Oh, he has a degree, so yeah, that's polite. Um, <laughs> I, I do. Think... I call at least Doctor Grant. Yep. Side tangent. I never say alan or like i always say dr alan grant like, I, love that. I always do that i don't I do it for say ian alan malcolm in a, or, in a or ellie voice. sadler <laughs> alan. alan yeah that's the only time i do it 
but um it's also my middle name which is amazing spelled the same way so Allah, yeah i'm all about it that is awesome <laughs> now people know oh oh you heard it here first <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um here i am uh critiquing steven spielberg <laughs> but just feedback <laughs> dr ellie sadler is just like at the door in a position that's not helpful she right. and dr alan grant is just like grab ellie grab the gun and she goes i can't reach it i can only grab it if i move or something like that yep and i'm like well you're not helping from where you are so move and w- even worse is tim is just there with his hands on his head hopping up and down helping no one in this situation now this is an eight-year-old child so it's fine but at the same time (laughs) i feel like that eight-year-old child would know to pick up the weapon if he He, hears the adults struggling and he knows what a gallimimus is yeah he knew what a velociraptor was yep he knew what he was getting into and it's not like he was a smart grandpa didn't show him pictures or right. like talk about this i and with with ellie too she she's right against the hinge of the door that's the part of it that gets me because you're right she's not helping at all but she's not even like putting any force on the door she you know like right doing nothing yeah that's maybe that's my hot take taking yours double take <laughs> <laughs> super spicy hot take <laughs> coming in hot <laughs> but if that's like the biggest issue with that movie that's a perfect movie yeah because all the talky boring scenes are great i love them they're um and i say talky boring as like they should be boring but they're so engaging Mm -hmm. jurassic park is now this is me like stuck up pretentious film snob this is a thinking man's blockbuster (laughs) it's not one of those marvel films (laughs) you know i I I I feel like that though as much as we're joking about it I agree. Um like you you can tell that it was written by somebody that enjoyed that genre and enjoyed the suspense and like really setting the mood. Like for me right. the scene that gets me every single time like if if I'm watching the movie with anybody I make them shut up is as soon as they get to, to the velociraptors and they introduce them. Yeah. And they should all and be destroyed. Exactly. Muldeen walks up and what was one conversation becomes two. And it's mixed so well that you can listen to both conversations and follow them. But that's such a Spielberg thing. And yeah. it just that scene gets me every time. Who does that? Who right. just splits up and has two conversations on film like that that are both equally mixed? That's, and you know which one yeah. is the important one. Yeah, you like... do. Yeah, and it's in the back. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? And it's amazing, um, but you still get what you need to get from that scene. I just wanted to explore what I think is the greatest jump scare, arguably the greatest jump scare in any movie, because I do think Jaws could take that title. I do think that beautiful shot in The Exorcist 3 can take that title and the Darth Maul scare in Insidious Mm -hmm. could probably take that title. That Insidious Um, one. That one gets me every, I know it's coming and it still gets me. Wes Craven has some really great jump scares in A Nightmare on Elm Street. 
Yeah. Okay, I'm thinking of way too many amazing jump scares because then I was about to be John Carpenter's The Thing has a great <laughs> one with the blood test. But the Mr. Hammond, I think we're back in business jump scare in Jurassic Park, I think needs to be in the conversation. It does because of the context for me more <laughs> than almost anything. Because like you go to the specifically horror movies to get scared. Like you just do. But Jurassic Park, you you knew you'd get scared. You knew there was going to be dinosaurs, but you didn't expect a jump scare like that. It reminds me of like Alien when no one really knew what that movie was going to be. And then the stomach burster comes out. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, like completely unexpected because you don't know what that movie is. And I think that's for me, Jurassic Park is like, it is not, even though we talk about it, it's a horror movie. Like you, you didn't expect that in that genre. Right. Didn't. Right. Because Jurassic Park's also other things too. Yeah. And you don't expect a scare like that in Jurassic Park. And because Jurassic Park doesn't have many jump scares, it really just kind of Jurassic Park's more of a tension type of yeah. scare movie. The T Rex breakout scenes, all tension <laughs> and yeah. a bad situation getting worse and worse from, from just that first puddle. Yeah, it's just a build. Yeah. But that when that raptor comes out, though I, I was sitting here just kind of laughing to myself is that we should have expected it because we already mm -hmm. saw the other two raptors. So we knew there was a third one. Like, that's our mistake. What's brilliant about that jump scare is, and, and I love how you said the context, because the context of that scare within the film is what makes it great because mm -hmm. that is the first time you see a velociraptor. It's true. And the Velociraptor has been hyped up the whole film. Up to that point, the whole movie, you get lines like, they should all be destroyed. Shuta, you bred raptors. Like <laughs> uh, Muldoon, Dr. Alan Grant, even Henry Ru Wu. Like they talk about the raptors. And to credit Dean Cundy yes, yet again, that shot when Dr. Alan Grant is holding the baby raptor, and he realizes it's a velociraptor and it's like the shadows on his face in that moment. Yep. <laughs> you bred raptors. And then what they do to that uh, cow mm -hmm. in the feeding scene, like. <laughs> it's but, a little little bit of Jaws within another movie that's a little bit of Jaws. Yeah. You know, the, the scarier is the unseen. <laughs> right. And, and it's almost like Alien, too. Mm -hmm. Because you don't see the alien until halfway through. And then you don't see like the true xenomorph until a little after that and that's a great scare also i think is the first appearance of the fully grown xenomorph oh yeah um in the dark oh. alien also comes up a lot <laughs> um that's one of my that is my favorite like horror movie is alien because i, I don't get i like that i consider jurassic park a horror movie but i disqualify it from being any of my favorite genre movies because it would be, like you said, brilliantly, it's Jurassic Park by a million. <laughs> and Jurassic Park's like five or six genres. So that's five or six genres taken. So I disqualify Jurassic Park from any um, genre lists. That's fair. Um, Alien takes the horror movie for me. But that that raptor scare, it's the first time we see the true raptor, or not true, it's the first time we see the raptor like for realsies, and it's a jump scare. Yeah. In a heroic moment after we get the devastating child gets electrocuted moment. 
so, so much tension think, all at once. Yeah. And you think you could take a breath. The film, arguably the film's only jump scare. No, that's not true. The goat leg is a really good jump scare. Yeah. What happened to the goat? Splat. Within the context of the scene, it's jarring. Within the context of the overall film, it's jarring. And it's the introduction of the main antagonist of the films, which are the Velociraptors. Yeah. So much in a few seconds. It's a lot. Yeah, and it's it's like the first time that you realize in that movie that a dinosaur can sneak up on you. Yeah. Because every other one's big and loud. And like we were talking about the tension, we we hear that building, we hear the thing coming, right? But there, right. that raptor is completely silent. And you don't realize that you can die that way. And I think what's scary about the Velociraptors, like actually scary, at least the ones in, in Jurassic Park, is they are hunting you. Rexy don't give a shit. Rexy is a true, <laughs> a true chaotic neutral queen. <laughs> Rexy does what she wants. And that's it. Like she ain't hunting you. If you're in her way, she's going to eat you. Or maybe she won't. I don't know. She's, she's just true, unpredictable, chaotic, neutral. Yeah, the mood strikes. Exactly. The raptors are trying to eat our heroes. And the raptors are smart. They actually have, like, implied intention in that they're first patient. movie. You know, you, yeah. said, you said Rexy's chaotic. They're patient. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Because that thing killed killed Samuel L. Jackson and then hid back there and just waited for the next one. And knew there was going to be like more people coming. It yeah. knew it was in a good spot. It was camping. <laughs> <laughs> it literally we was. We got to ban that raptor for camping. <laughs> mm-hmm. Playing Playing cheap. <laughs> Yeah, those raptors are extremely intelligent. And I think I think Lost World, it's a darker, more violent movie, mm-hmm. but it leans a bit more into action as well. I think it's a little less horror, despite it being yeah. darker and more violent. Yeah, because like the the don't go into the tall grass, like that scene is iconic. Right. It it really is. Um that's that's one of my favorite scenes of the whole franchise. Uh but then as much as I loved it. Uh, for his daughter's character, the gymnastics is just, <laughs> it's ridiculous. We know it's it, all ridiculous. It's, a... it's Steven Spielberg doing a father-child relationship thing. Like, he does in everything, but, like, it just lost me. Yeah. You know a part really ridiculous where it's a bit much in, in the same movie with a mini Godzilla sequence? <laughs> yep. That that like also that... stands out. Yeah. But the difference between Lost World and Jurassic Park, in terms of horror, for me at least, is there are less velociraptors. Mm -hmm. Well, technically, there are more velociraptors, but there's less velociraptor action and screen time in Lost World. They're not really the the antagonist. They have two scenes. You know, yeah. They're just inconvenient. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're an obstacle. Whereas in the first Jurassic Park, they are the monster even the um, third one got it more right with the right because the third one they're actively hunting 
um, the heroes because uh, Billy took the eggs. Never take the eggs. Never. Horrible take things are done with good intentions. When seven-year-old me saw that movie in theaters, that line, like, that line got me deep. I thought that was, like, the deepest thing. <laughs> Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the same it's movie. True, though. The same movie that has a kid repelling smaller dinosaurs with T-Rex piss. Yes. <laughs> and a talking velociraptor. I like Jurassic Park 3. I think it's the worst one oh, yeah. of the whole franchise. By a million. <laughs> by a million i think and the reason why is i think it's the simplest in terms yeah. of its themes in terms of what's going on underneath subtext if you will that one feels the most like b monster movie yeah it's almost like they had something good going with grant and ellie's tension you know after breaking up with grant feeling like a failure because no one right. cares about his work anymore. They just care about the island. They were setting up a lot there, but I, I, I don't know. I think the reason to, to get him back to the island, just that whole theme, just it, it you're right. It's a B movie, bad plot line, you know? Yeah, I, it loses me. And there, I think there's some clever things going on in it. I like what they do with the Raptors. And the tension of the aviary, you know? When that that when is that, a great you I know, love that comes sequence. right out of the the, the fog <laughs> that pterodon's incredible but like you're right is it's it's like you know when you get to those action movies where they they just had a, a lot of really good ideas for action scenes and they threw right. some in between you know but they had me in the the first half <laughs> with, yeah. with alan and ellie and that's the first jurassic park movie that's not directed by steven spielberg that one's directed yeah. by joe johnston who um, I think is a good to me. He strikes me as a good like working director. Yeah. Like he gets yeah. the job done and he makes a good picture, but he's never going to win any awards. Mm -mm. There was nothing shiny about that, but it was a Jurassic Park movie with decent stuff and uh, made a lot of money, you yeah. know, <laughs> but also kind of killed yeah. the franchise. Right. That I think because Jurassic Park 3 does not, Say what you will about Lost World. It didn't kill the franchise. <laughs> yep. They kept going. It took four years this time. Well, I guess it did last time, too. But like, yeah, yeah, it didn't. It didn't end it. I'll give Lost World credit. It doubled everything. It doubled the action. It doubled the uh, budget. It doubled the T-Rexes. Literally doubled the gold blooms. <laughs> mm -hmm. A lot of gold bloom. Mm -hmm. You know, and I I'm going to retract that and just say the T-Rexes. Because that is one of my favorite scenes of the franchise, too, when Mommy's very oh, mad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's a highlight sequence. I really do. It's one of, and all oh, the tension where um, yeah. Sarah Harding is on the glass. That's just. I, oh, I love it, too, when, when he can't get the trailers to to stop rolling, you know, and, and he's got to, yeah. like, reattach the lines, and you got some Jurassic Park 1 in there. Oh man, that tension's <laughs> incredible. And then just as soon as we got it going, those Rexes show back up. Just and oh. then and then they do the kiss of death. That's what I call yeah. uh, Eddie Carr's death. <laughs> it's the uh, the uh, T Rex version of the Lady in the Tramp spaghetti scene. Yep. But instead of spaghetti, you get Eddie. That <laughs> was a good pun. That one sells. <laughs> that one's good. <laughs> 
Uh, but that's an iconic moment in an iconic scene. Yeah. And um, yeah, Lost World's not the first. It's not Jurassic Park. Not not even close. I think it's a good, dumb, fun movie. Because that's what it becomes after that. Big, dumb, yeah. fun. I think each one has some smart things or at least some smart ideas and concepts. Like the idea of, yes, a corporation's going to want to bring these dinosaurs to the mainland for a zoo. Or, yes, the raptors are going to exhibit familial like tendencies and like the whole like they were smarter than dolphins it's really cool to me um how smart the raptors are in jurassic park 3 jurassic world for its credit has a lot of interesting things to say about movies Mm -hmm. through the lens of a theme park like the whole conversation of the indominus rex presented by verizon uh wireless like that's what movies are now I always love the irony, too, of like, you know, Verizon paid them for that. Yeah. But they did it ironically. Right. Like Jurassic World (laughs) literally got their cake and ate it, too. Yeah. Like, yes, we know what we're doing, but we're also cashing these checks. (laughs) So Verizon really did bring us the Indominus Rex. I really did. Yeah. And the fact that you have like Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville in that theme park. So you get a Margaritaville sponsorship. And you have Jimmy Buffett in a quick, like, blink and you miss a cameo, which is amazing. I love that. Fun fact. That every time. Fun fact. My mom's first time she saw it, she saw it right away. She's a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. And she goes, that's Jimmy Buffett. And I'm like, you did (laughs) not blink. You you saw that first try. (laughs) I love those. Just those tiny little Easter eggs. That's so you're right, though. It's 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 like. They're really attacking all of that, like all the heavy advertisements and, and like the the corporate thing again, you know, that tends to be the theme, I think, of yeah. like, you know, making money on on things that we don't understand. And the Indominus Rex is so much representative of the modern blockbuster, mm-hmm. like on, on a meta level, the Indominus Rex is Jurassic World. Rexy is Jurassic Park. The base genome of the Indominus is the T-Rex, Jurassic Park, with a little bit of other stuff thrown in. Like Scream says, Jurassic World's a requel, bringing in legacy characters like Dr. Wu, uh, mentioning John Hammond, and following the plot, you know, theme park goes to shit, but with new characters and new ideas, and Jurassic World knows it's not Jurassic Park, but it's still gonna give you a good time. Yeah, and, still going to try to recreate that moment. Right. And then you have the Indominus Rex and the T-Rex facing off. And yeah, it looks like the Indominus Rex is going to win. But you know, Rex is going to win that shit. We deserved it. After we all des- that yeah. Spinosaurus BS, which we all know. No, Spinosaurus would have right. lost. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I remember that moment in the theater going i swear if they kill rexy like if they do it to me again i'm done right yeah we needed that and then and then like you get that satisfying moment of rexy with blue teaming up um because i like blue but i'll just say it i i like blue as a dinosaur um obviously rexy's our favorite 
And they use the Lost World music when Blue comes back. I don't know why. The Lost World music does not show up anywhere else in that movie mm. or at all in the sequel. So I don't know why they use the Lost World music. I get why they don't bring back the Raptor theme from the first movie, even though right. it kind of disappoints me. But these are different Raptors. I get it. They're not the villains anymore. It still disappoints me, especially because there's a really good opportunity to use it when the Raptors turn on the people in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Perfect place to bring back that theme, but it don't hurt the movie. No, it does a little bit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's just satisfying to see Rexy and the the classic dinosaurs taking down the unholy hybrid. Yeah. And that is Jurassic World saying nostalgia (laughs) will always win. No matter what we do, we can't beat the original. Yeah. The two former enemies that faced off at the end in your movie have now teamed up to kick our movie right out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that thought. And it's like, yes, Jurassic World is big, dumb fun, but there is thought. Yeah. Like, I don't think I came, I don't think I stretched there. Like, I think um, Colin Trevorrow knew what he was doing with that movie. Mm-hmm. He was a fan, you could tell. Yeah. And he knew he couldn't, you can't touch the original. Like, when you come at the king, you best not miss, right? Well, he was mm-hmm. not coming at the king. He was bowing down <laughs> and paying his respects. Although there is a really fun swipe at Jaws. <laughs> I think because yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, feeding the shark, <laughs> feeding the shark to the Mosasaurus. But I, I think that's fun. I think that's done in good fun. You know, and that's almost more of the tongue in cheek kind of irony that you're talking about, though, is like, mm-hmm. isn't that the Mosasaurus, you know, like the giant, like pumped up stereo or steroid version of a shark, <laughs> you know, of like the shark yeah. in that oh. movie? So it's the Indominus of sharks. I don't know. <laughs> like, no, that's a that's know? a good point because like Jaws is the first blockbuster. Now look what blockbusters have become. No, that's yeah. a really good. I love that. That's a really good point. Bigger and dumber. <laughs> <laughs> as dumb as they get, they always have something happening underneath, which I can appreciate. If yep. sometimes it don't work for me, like I hate the whole angle of using the dinosaurs as weapons. I'm sorry. Like it, it's it, like that throwaway script that they had, you know, where right. they were going to like combine humans and dinosaurs. It's like you <laughs> couldn't you couldn't completely get rid of it, could you? <laughs> right. Right. And it's like to me it's like, "Oh, we could say something really smart about the world." And I'm like, "You're already saying something really smart about culture." Mhm. How we perceive especially pop culture and cinema nowadays and you in science wise you have a really interesting going on with just the existence of the indominus rex bringing in a bit more of that frankenstein science fiction horror to the jurassic park franchise you don't need the weapons subplot because it's dumb yeah because isn't there enough tension about just releasing the raptors to hunt the indominus without the whole military weapon tinge like isn't it already controversial to let out raptors right 
Like it and, doesn't need that theme. Yeah, I see that. And you don't need to train the Raptors for the end game to be weapons. You could train the Raptors for the end game being AI mm-hmm. or further genetic testing. Or maybe their containment. It, right, right. But but they decided to go the route of weapons and whatever. Yeah. And then they doubled down on it in the next one. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, Fallen Kingdom's good. I like it, but it's a haunted house keep, movie. And I, that's why I like it. Yeah. <laughs> the first half is Lost World. The second half is um House on Haunted Hill. Can I say though that like <laughs> <clears throat> the the like saddest oh, moment no. yeah, in the whole go. series yeah. is that you know it was the same brachiosaur from the first movie and they didn't have to do that <laughs> they didn't have to it's it's like in the first one they're joking that oh we're mm-hmm. eating your old movie and the second one they're like we're killing everything you like about this yeah. old movie because that brachiosaur did the exact same jump up that it did to grab that branch in the first one to right. avoid that that lava and all oh, man we're I, not just gonna blow up. up the island we blow. are going to blow up the literal <laughs> wonder and awe you got as a child yeah because that was that first dinosaur moment and we're all that like everyone oh my God. Saw. yeah and they're like no nah, we're gonna kill that for you I choose to ignore that canonically that is the first Brachiosaur because that's fair. It's kind of a really dick move. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But then again, we talked about the assistant, you know, yeah, that's true. maybe they just had to have one ridiculous kill every single movie, just something dumb in the world series. It just feels like a shock for the sake of shock. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not the Jurassic Park franchise, because otherwise I find Fallen Kingdom to be very, a very warm movie. I think there's a lot of heart to it. But that but like Jurassic World, that scene is out of place, cold and mean spirited. It hurt a little bit. The difference is <clears throat> the Jurassic World scene is really gnarly. And this yeah. one, it was like, oh, we're going to make the audience sad. And I'm like, you did it in a really mean-spirited way. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like watching Marley and me or something. <laughs> right. A dog died. <laughs> right. Oh, they kill all the humans they want, but a dog died. Mm-mm. You know, like that was our dog. Exactly. Exactly. And like you already have um, fucking uh, Buffalo Bill stealing teeth from the different dinosaurs ridiculous (laughs) ridiculous i do love the rexy in the um in the trailer when they're trying to get the oh and they Mm -hmm. shot blue like they just did a lot blue but um that scene that trend blood transfusion scene with rexy like tranked in the that's my favorite scene of the movie it's great like it paints the picture really well. You do feel like you're in that trailer with them. Even just saying yeah. like, oh, like how it smells bad or something. I don't remember the oh. line he says, but like that right. just put me in there. I'm like, okay, that I, I agree. <laughs> Rexy smells, that's fine. And that, and there's a beautiful mix of practical animatronic and stated, state-of-the-art CGI work mm-hmm. in that scene alone. I mean, the whole movie, 
but that scene alone. Oh, you just got me though. I just thought of one from Jurassic World that we missed. Uh, when, the, when the Indominus kills the Brachiosaurs, because that was also animatronic and CGI. Yeah, and, and it was that, seamless too. So what what we know now about Dominion is we will be crying about Brachiosaur kills. They're just going <laughs> to kill them every episode or every yeah. movie. Yeah, they're, they're two for two. Might as well make it three for three. <laughs> oh, man, I will protest it. Stop killing um, the long necks. But I felt it made sense for the story in the first one. Yeah. And the you second one, it, second one I felt was unnecessary. Like it didn't have to be the first Brachiosaur. Yeah, you, you didn't have to stand up like that. Right. <laughs> Especially because there's already like we already saw dinosaurs drowning when they ran off a cliff. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like that, that part kind of messes me. I love the sinking gyrosphere gyrosphere because that's mm -hmm. a really tense, a really great sequence. And I think it's done in one shot. But as the camera swiv swivels around, you see dinosaurs kind of like sinking. Yeah. And, and I'm like, th that's a lot. And it created a plot hole about those gyrospheres, too. What's that? Like, how do they get air in them? I want to think. think it's one way valves or something like that. And that it, you know, but like, so how do people breathe in those? Well, I'm going to use our our plot hole band-aid oh. that we established earlier. Fair. Nick Van Owen. It's always been Nick Van Owen. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're going to find out. <laughs> if there's a plot hole, it's Nick Van Owen. <laughs> yep, he did it. Mm -hmm. He's been a serial killer. He killed everyone on that boat. Yeah, and he was a structural engineer that allowed to breathe inside the gyrosphere. That's what it is. And everyone's freaking out about bringing back Sam Neill, bringing back Laura Dern, bringing back Jeff Goldblum. But when mm -hmm. Vince Vaughn shows up in Jurassic World Dominion, I better hear all the cheer, all the cheers like it's a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> I mean, it would be on brand with all these cameos that keep happening after all the, <laughs> the stuff I've heard about Doctor Strange. Like it, it would be on brand. Right. So Bring back. <laughs> but um, I think that's a good I think it's finally time to talk about what we think is going to happen in Jurassic World Dominion. Okay. Would you like the honor of going first? That is one of the best honors of my life. Um, <laughs> I will take it. So I'm going to just be very direct about this. I do not think that Alan Grant and Ellie are going to die. I think that this movie is going to bring them back together because the movie's always just been about them. Mm -hmm. You know, there has to be stakes. We see what happens to Blue in the trailer. So Blue, Blue's a parent now. Blue can't die. So to me, it's Rexy is going to do something heroic and die. And Ian Malcolm is going to do something heroic and die. And I, I can't think of this movie without those two. Like, that's the stakes that you need to... Because everyone's saying this is the end of it, right? Yeah. They're saying this, this ends it. And that's the only way that you can end it is it has to be iconic people. So you think about like what happened in Scream, what happens in all these new movies, what happened in, in all the Avengers movies. Yeah. I think that's what's, uh, I think that's what's gonna happen. Because they're marketing this as the end game yeah. of Jurassic Park. And 
What did Endgame do? Goodbye, Iron Man. Goodbye, Captain America. The two most iconic of the Avengers. And goodbye, Black Widow. Yeah, I forgot Black Black Widow for a second, but like she's just as iconic. But no, I do see what you're going with that. What I hate is I think you're right. Now, this is where I just fundamentally disagree with Colin Trevorrow (laughs) on the direction of the Jurassic World or Jurassic Mm -hmm. Park franchise. Now, it would be very arrogant for me, and I almost said it this way, it would have been very arrogant, though. Like, well, Colin Trevorrow doesn't understand Jurassic Park. He does. Mm -hmm. Like, I have to be humble enough to say he's a bigger Jurassic Park fan than I am. Because he got the job. He's Steven Spielberg endorsed. Yep. And he made one hell of a picture in Jurassic World. Like, I have some issues with it, but it's a good movie. And he gave us the fan service and nostalgia we needed. Right. While bringing us new ideas and fun new characters. Mm -hmm. But I just disagree with treating the Jurassic World, um, the Jurassic Park franchise as you would a Star Wars or an Avengers franchise. I don't think Jurassic Park needs to operate in that way, but it is. Now, this could be studio mandated, too. I have a thought on that. So I heard a rumor that mm -hmm. the movie was originally six hours and that the studio got involved and cut it all up down to two and a half. And all of the city streets in like Italy or whatever, where the, the raptors are chasing Chris Pratt, it's all thrown in. At the end, like it wasn't part of the original movie. That's interesting. I've done a pretty good job avoiding a lot of stuff. Whoops. <laughs> no, you're good. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, I don't think that's going to impact my enjoyment of it. No, but I'm nervous for it because I will have a violent reaction <laughs> if they kill off Rexy. And even if it's a heroic. Yes. I'll be able to live with it (laughs) if it's done well. If they do it like Iron Man, I'll eventually be okay. Get a few drinks in me. I'll I'll come to terms. So there's a gauntlet with just two fingers and a weird (laughs) (laughs) thumb. Right. I am Rexy. Snap. But um, you can snap. (laughs) Yeah, you just need two. But (laughs) but I think my my problem with it though is she's been through enough let her live (laughs) like just let her be a dinosaur but i think you're right because when you kill her off you're killing off the franchise symbolically right there on the logo exactly it was always her it was always her the thing is that gives me a little bit of hope is they're open to making more Mm -hmm. but like you said they want to have stakes and rexy is the obvious one they're yeah. not going to kill off Blue. My thing is, I think they're going to kill off Rexy relatively early, just like they did in Jurassic Park 3 with that T-Rex. Interesting. They want and that push... would almost make it like non-heroic. Right. And I'm really scared they might do that. The reason why I think that is, I think they want to push the, um, Gig- the Giganatosaurus, mm-hmm. which is admittedly a cool dinosaur. Yes. I'm glad they're bringing in that one, but they're going to want to push it to be the big bad. How do you be the big bad? Hmm. You kill off Rexy. You kill off the T-Rex. The Rexy, yeah. Right. Hmm. Now, that's ill-advised 
because Jurassic Park 3 killed the franchise when they did that. I think that's a big right. reason why. As cool as a Spinosaurus is, that you don't mess with the face of the franchise. They did, and it took 15 years to get another one. But the other reason I think they're going to go that route is you only see a handful of shots of Rexy in the promotional materials, mm-hmm. and they're all from the movie theater or the drive-in scene, which is from the beginning of the movie because that's what they showed at the beginning of the Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. I didn't go and see the Fast and Furious movie. I meant to, but I forgot. Um, I ended up watching that opener on YouTube. I don't know. I mean, it's a two and a two and a half hour movie, you said? Yeah, that's what they're saying. And we've probably seen like overall five or six minutes of the film. Like the trailers, re- the first to second trailer reuse a lot of the same footage. So yeah. there's a lot of movie to be seen. And they could be hiding a lot behind that there could be right some really large plot stuff that they just can't show and you're right and it could it could be another send-off thing like cool let's kill it off let's move on we got the new big bad until i see it i'm gonna be nervous (laughs) oh yeah that's my girl that's my queen as john snow (laughs) would put it but and ultimately that's my big concern with the movie especially if it happens early on if it happens early on that's gonna put a sour taste in my mouth it's going to bring me back war flashbacks from Jurassic Park 3. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and if they do it near the end and it's heroic, I'll be pissed off. I just will be. But I think I'll come around on it upon my second viewing. Mm-hmm. Especially if there was like a baby Rex at the end. And... Right. Like, all right, Rexy's going to continue. And... Like, if they know. like, kind of like, um, like they did in a Godzilla versus Destroya. That could be fine. Yeah, I really, I do think they're going to kill off Rexy and I'm going to mm-hmm. be mad. Yeah, it kind of feels inevitable. I mean, and she then... is a 25 year old dinosaur at the, or no, but almost a 30 year old dinosaur at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, I just think they're going to do it because they think that'll add stakes. Yep. I just don't think. It needs to be that type of movie. There's I enough think you're stakes. Right, they're, they're trying to make it big, though. Right. And there's enough stakes when there's dinosaurs in the real world. You could continue letting Rexy be the chaotic neutral that she is. But Let her be the life that found the way. Exactly. <laughs> but at the same time, you also don't see that much promotional footage from the Mosasaur. The gig is not going to kill the Mosasaur. <laughs> That's like not possible so it could be that rexy and the mosasaur are going to continue being chaotic neutral bad bitches for lack of a better term did they say where the the gigasaur comes from yet i i haven't seen if they did i was just going to wait for the movie because it didn't come from isla nublar right you know and like if you speculate is maybe it's like a government project or something to take down these rogue dinosaurs maybe maybe rexy is the one that kills off the giga at the last second i wouldn't mind a double rexy victory i would not mind that at all if they did that i would single-handedly get that movie to a billion dollars (laughs) (laughs) 
don't know. I think regardless, it's going to be a fun movie. Rewatching Jurassic World, I've forgotten a little because it's been a little bit since I've seen it last. I've forgotten how truly fun that movie is. It's um, a good time. And I do find it to be cold and mean spirited, especially with um, the babysitter's death. And otherwise, one of my favorite sequences, that's like the most beautiful tribute to Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Right. <laughs> I love the Pteranodon sequence. But um, but that movie has a lot of heart, too, because I don't think a lot of people talk about the brothers in that film. And I'm like, I like that relationship. I did, too. It was it was good to see them coming together you know, and solving something. And then that caused the family to get back together at the end. And right. I'll tell you again, another moment that just always sticks with me is when the little brother, like just blasts open those doors and you see the park again and the music swells, you know, it's the same theme. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of good story around those two. And you're right. They don't talk about it very much. And they didn't even bring them back at all. Like no mention. Yeah. In fallen kingdom. Which, like, okay, if I survive Jurassic World, I probably don't want to go on another dinosaur adventure after that. They were a big part of why that first movie worked, I think. Yeah. At least have the older one interning at the <laughs> the anti-Jurassic right. Park company or something, you know? Because even Lost World had a cameo from Lex and Tim. I think we spared no expense. Uh, <laughs> I'd say on so. On this conversation, it was huge and epic it was as big as a mosasaur <laughs> <laughs> but uh my last question for oh. you the show is called would you die mm -hmm. and earlier i asked you what your favorite dinosaur is so jason would you survive an encounter with a tyrannosaurus rex not 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 just a tyrannosaurus rex the tyrannosaurus rex if you met Rexy, hmm. what do you think would happen? So I'd like to think, based off of the other encounters and how few people died, and that it was really only the bad ones, I'd say yes, because I'd just stand still. <laughs> you know not to move a muscle. <laughs> yep. Yep. So. That's that's it. <laughs> I I think that yes. I could. I've studied the movie enough. Are we allowed to use the movie in the question? <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah. Okay, like, then totally. I, I don't see why not. Like, yeah, just stand still. I think you got this. Don't, you know, try to avoid abandoning literal children. Yes, I should. I should avoid that. Shouldn't wear heels, though. You can outrun. <laughs> you can outrun a T Rex in heels. An older T-Rex. Yes. Who 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 didn't stretch beforehand. She didn't know what she was about to get into. She, she was injured from running into a tree. Right. Right. And <laughs> old sports injury. They do have a little a little uh nice bit of continuity. And Rexy is really like skinny in Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Because she's grown like old and kind of lazy being in captivity for 20 years, yeah. only eating goats. 
And in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, when she's like let loose and actually like, like she's strong and muscular in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I love that. And that's really good continuity. You know, that's like the goldfish thing. Like yeah. bigger bowl, bigger fish. I love that. I always just loved the scars, you know, when I saw that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, that, um, I guess not everybody's a super fan, is that Rexy had the scars from the Velociraptor fight at the end of Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. She had those in Jurassic World. But I never paid attention to her size. Um, like, that, you know, you're you're like, she's basically like frail. Because <laughs> she's right. just in this tiny little cage. Now I'm going to after i i look up fast and the furious and jurassic park combo movie um i'm gonna end up re-watching the whole world series which i should anyways prep for yeah the new, one. Uh, the, the new movie is gonna come out i'm gonna watch all uh five films multiple times before the new one comes oh, out yeah. so i i'm very much excited for that do you have any other final jurassic park thoughts as we wrap up for me it's always been less is more with that suspense and i hope they give us some of that i hope they open really big and then they really let these characters have the end that they all need and then do you know like maybe that that raptor chase is a is a sequence in between and then just a really big ending like we need that again like the first movie we need that again i like that that'd be cool you know that's that would be my biggest thought recap it or you know cap it off the right way i i'm trying to keep an open mind I'm worried about how they're going to approach Rexy in this one. They don't have a good track record because, you know, yeah, the OG Brachiosaur got a needlessly (laughs) sad (laughs) demise. So, but I'm trying to keep an open mind. My mom already said, because my mom's going to go see it with me. uh, I have a bunch of friends going with me and then my mom. And she's like, Make sure I sit next to you this time in case you need emotional support. I'm like, thanks, mom. That's smart. That's smart. No, she she knows what's coming. So, yep, she saw the trailer. She's put two or three together. <laughs> she she's listened to me. So, oh, um, you got anything to plug? Anything coming up? Uh, you know, it, it's just keep checking out Captain Sassy Media. DeAndra works really hard on that. Um, I contribute, but like, <laughs> I, you know, I, it's, it's just been really exciting to see everybody find us funny, you know, and, yeah. and, and get hooked into it. Just keep checking out stuff. We got, we've got something with you coming up the, you know, about scream. I can't talk too much more about it, but it's going to be pretty fun. <laughs> um, and, and we, we talked about this already. So, um, got a couple snacks and screams episodes coming out, uh, flatliners and escape from tomorrow the uh like gorilla disney movie oh so, um we've already got some good footage for both of those and i'm i'm so excited it's gonna take me a little bit but um <laughs> yeah just keep checking out captain sassy media and, and keep sharing it we appreciate what what you've done and what everyone else is doing so that's my plug <laughs> i love that uh thank you so much and thank yeah. you so much for talking jurassic park with me thank you for having me it was awesome Thank you for listening to today's episode. Shout out to my friend Jason Segrets for joining me to kick off Jurassic June. We spare no expense, didn't we? 
Check out Captain Sassy Media on YouTube, where you can see my friends Jason and Deandra make awesome videos. I'll provide a link to their channel in this episode's description. Do you like the cool pictures on my social media pages? They are all done by this episode's sponsor, Hannah Cordy Photography. If you are in the Downriver area in Michigan, she is pretty much the best photographer around. Whether you are doing wedding photos, senior pictures, awesome 80s-themed family portraits, or even promoting your own horror movie podcast, Hannah can do it all. Hold on to your butts, because we are about to get a great deal. Mention the Jurassic June kickoff episode while booking, and you'll receive 10% off your photo session from now until the end of 2022. Once again, that is Hannah Cordy Photography, and I'll provide a link to her website below. You can find the show's social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Would You Die Show. The music featured at the beginning and end of each podcast episode is composed by my friend, Josie Palmer. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe this podcast if you like what I'm doing. This way, the show can grow and we can all spare no expense. Until then, I'm Austin Torres. Must go faster. <laughs>